0: the no sponsorship studios this is buddy walk with jesus where real life and the kingdom of god connect now your hosts joe and eddie
1: thank you father for today for all that was in it father i pray that each and every day that we get to see you and we draw near to you that you would show us amazing things if we would only quiet ourselves and look to you that the mundane holds your whispers that come from eternity i thank you that you love us i thank you that you care for us and i thank you that you lead and guide us father that we would be faithful sheep to you i thank you for today in this broadcast father for every listener who's had a hard day who felt like they failed or Decided to surrender, Father, that you would be near to them and breathe in their ears that you love them and you want them to succeed if they choose you to to be intimate with you, to know you, to come before you. I thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Amen. All right what's up everybody welcome back to another show um want to say a special hello to the philippines uh we saw that you guys joined the party um and to everybody else as well uh god is good and is blessing this um this ministry in the show big time so we see you guys joining uh every week um a special welcome back to the man, the myth, the legend. Edgar is back this week. (laughs) We have a special guest this week. Coming over from the Finish Last podcast. Uh, Say what's up, Dan.
3: Hey, guys. How's it going? Just an honor to be on your show, and I can't wait to see what God has in store.
2: Yeah, definitely. Oh, welcome. I got to say, I listened to the, the first episode that I listened to of your show. I... I know a lot of times, especially for, for us being part of uh, CPA, we are kind of exposed to a lot of different Christian shows and all of that kind of stuff. As a lot of, you know, the Christian sports show or the Christian finance show. Right. It's kind of about a specific topic and just Christian is, is put on there. It's not very often that you see other shows that are speaking that same kind of kingdom language yes you know and so listening to your, listening to your show i'm like okay we absolutely have to have this guy on <laughs> how long have you been podcasting
3: um long story short if it wasn't for coronavirus there would be no finished last podcast um It started in April. I'm a physical therapist assistant by trade. So I help people walk. I help people get stronger, things like that. I have a ton of stories with that. But anyways, um, because of coronavirus, our patient census or the number of patients we could see went way down and the company I worked for actually let me go just because there wasn't enough patients to see. Mm. So during that time, I'm like, I'm sitting there with no job going to get married in about a month. I'm sitting there like, okay, God, this is not the way I planned it, but we're going to give it to you and see what happens. Right. And then this idea of a podcast came from God. He's like, hey, you can just say your words and and I'll give it to you. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. And I like the idea of a podcast because I I like the idea of a journal, but my handwriting is terrible. I mean, I can't even <laughs> read my own handwriting after I write something down. So, I love talking, and this is just a way for me to get my words out onto the podcast medium. And initially, it was just going to be like an audiobook kind of Bible devotional where each week we'd focus on a scripture, a real world example pertaining to the scripture, and then a challenge for the listener, including myself. So, I want to practice what I preach in the podcast. But then God really took a weird turn. He said, um, yeah, this whole community thing that also means in the podcast world too. So you talked about CPA, Christian Podcast Association, and through that I've gotten to meet people like you, gotta meet all these wonderful people I would never have met if it wasn't for podcasting. And just seeing the show grow and seeing like like I think you said someone listening in the Philippines with you guys, I've had like Nigeria, Switzerland, Germany, I've had some really weird ones out there. Right. And yet It's just been so humbling because even in this, what God has given me has just been just an honor and a blessing. And I can't wait to see what God has in store the next three, four months because um, I know in the podcast world, we delve so much into downloads and like who's watching and who's not. And you always want to have big downloads, but God reminded me that um, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I will be also. So this impacts two people, three people, then it's enough and it's worth it. And what's cool is that someone from Texas listened to my show and actually messaged me and said, Dan, I was in a rough place, but your words of what God is working on his heart. And now his life has turned around. It's just the coolest thing. Someone that I've never met is now close to Jesus because of the small thing I do. So it's, I don't know about you guys, but it's just a humbling experience to just sit in front of a mic and just say words about
1: Jesus. You remind me of our prayer experiment episode where we talked about it and did an experiment. I don't know if you got to hear it, but the whole idea is you're connected when you pray and you may not even realize it, even if you're the only one, and the ground between you and the other believers becomes holy ground. That's beautiful.
2: For us... um, well, for me specifically, a big prayer for me has been um, praying for India. Um, I know for a lot of for a lot of Christians, when they pray for a foreign country, a lot of times China is the one that 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 gets the most the the most um, recognition. For me, that is very much India, and uh, a couple of weeks ago, India popped up on our list of of countries that we've That's been in. crazy it's, it's like greece philippines <laughs> the, like all over the place canada was one of our first ones but you are 100 percent correct it is very very humbling to get in front because you don't know you don't you have no idea who or what the circumstances are or anything of the people that are going to be finding this and so, the best you can do is just get in front of the mic and just just do it. And so, for us, it came out of a desire to speak about something that um, a lot of churches are not speaking about, and that's intimacy, the kingdom, the present tense kingdom, not just uh, heaven. Right. We've we've seen the the whole idea of you know principled living. Um, the prosperity gospel was big for me for a while that I, I fell into that trap. Holy Spirit wo- woke us up to the idea that, um, that there's something more to this. There's something more to this to this life. It's not just slogging through this life to get to the next life. We constantly come back to Matthew five through seven. Um, we call it the kingdom manifesto. And it's, it's, this, it's this playbook that we have Completely lined out, uh, laid out for us, word for word, about what life in the kingdom should should look like and how we're called to live. It's definitely been a wild ride, and I know for a lot of people, um, you know, you go into Christian podcasting through the lens of. You know, I want to be big and famous, and I want to have, or uh, a lot of people go into regular podcasting through the lens of, I want to be big, famous, have a million downloads, be the next Joe Rogan, all of those kinds of things. So, not my experience. <laughs> no, no, we, we started off a very, um, let's say, humble show. We were not, we did not That's jump in. Yeah, that's being generous. Um, our wives were essentially our audience. Um, oh, bless them! Yeah, yeah. And so um, I found that with this, it's not about the downloads. You know, I, I I've stopped looking at the number of downloads. I care more about where this where the um, the show is going rather than how many people. Are downloading it just because this has to be this has to be a passion thing, you know yes. what I mean? Passion for um, for spreading the word and all of those kinds of things.
1: Yeah, that, that's the one thing I noticed, and this came out of a I don't know if Joe told you the the, the uh, origin, but I'll say it from my point. We've we've had a uh, friendship that goes back to 2013. 2012 somewhere around there and we just discussed God and things about scripture and everything and one one day uh, you know when I was looking to see what God wanted to do with my life at 50 something and (laughs) now was now was about the right time (laughs) so Joe popped up with the question now I have to tell you the truth I, I I had a cursory idea of podcasting I this is something other people did and it's basically like talk shows, um, and I'm going to put it in the old way, the old vernacular, on radio. So, if you guys don't know what that is, I'm not going to explain it. But, (laughs) so he talked about it, and I go, I have no idea what to do with this. And and Joe does a lot of the heavy lifting, all the production, a lot of things. I'll come up with some ideas, he'll come up with some ideas, and we just talk. We're just two guys talking. We're not theologians, which may make it more interesting for some people as opposed to to you know, being deeply theological and going into um, Greek participles and everything. But this was something that I would not have thought I would have been doing. And Joe brought it into my life and everything. And I've been kicking and screaming ever since. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: I think that's great. I mean, it's crazy that if you had told me, like I said, would start a podcast, I would have said you were crazy. But, um, and then God just said, go for it. And I was scared at first. I mean, the first time I did a recording and heard my voice back, I wanted to throw my laptop across the room because I'm like, man, I sound ugly. This is gross. And now I'm used to my voice now, but I think God used that time to say, Hey, if you have a little faith, I can take you places where you never thought would be possible. And just in the first three months, even just with how the podcast has grown and who I've been able to interact with, it's totally been a God thing. And when you give it to God, crazy things happen things that we cannot open doors with only god can open that door see yes. i would have
1: thought you would had a ra- a radio voice me and and seth these are two radio voices that joe brings on and i i have this most most unique voice <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I haven't even heard that voice and so uh is it my favorite song to hear
0: mm, no not
1: really <laughs> no. but you know god gave it to me and the neat thing is I sound skinnier, so I'll go with it. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, talk about humbling.
2: Doing, like Edgar mentioned, I do all of the editing for the show. And so I have to, and when I, I, I read these comments on um, the different podcast groups, do you listen to your own uh, to your own episodes only when I'm editing? And that's under gigantic protest. That's under a lot of protest. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's it's so funny because I look back and if if you'd have told me a couple of years back you'd be that I'd be running two different Christian podcasts, that I'd be in front of a microphone as often during the week as I am, uh I'd have called you nuts because I never I didn't I've I'm still struggling to find my voice, let me put it that way. So I wanted to get your two thoughts or your two cents on the thing. Um, One of the biggest things for us that's been a driving point for us to explore intimacy is where Jesus said, you will do greater things than these, for I'm going to the Father. And we're talking about a guy that raised people from the dead. You know what I mean? Like serious stuff and to say that we have the power to be able to do these things and you read that and for us it's it's almost infuriating to to a degree to watch so many people walk down the road of um trading that in for moralism uh you know the the great cosmic rule book as it were and as christians there's so much that we've left on the table as far as what is possible, as far as the depth of relationship that um, is intended for us.
3: Oh, I totally agree. I think in America, and I've been guilty of this at times, we use God as a wishing well almost. We only go to him when we need to. (laughs) And then when life is going good, we're like, oh, we don't need you, God. And then something bad happens. Oh, oh, come back, come back. (laughs) I need you so much. But um. Um, What's interesting is that people know God and the God of the Bible and Jesus and they love that Jesus turned water into wine. They're like, oh, yeah, that sounds great right now. But then when Jesus says love your enemies, when Jesus said um, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul and mind and then love your neighbor as yourself. People like, oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. So you're right about the cosmic rule book kind of thing, but. This Jesus thing. I know my motto with the podcast is live like Jesus in the modern world. And it's easy to do that when life is going good. It's hard to do that when life isn't going your way. But just because life isn't going your way, doesn't mean God's not working. God right. can work in anything. I love the story of a Joseph and the coat of many colors. And that's a story that's been close to my heart now for the past six weeks because what I found interesting is in the beginning, he was a cocky guy. He was always bragging to his brothers. He was saying, hey, look at my coat. My dad loves me more than you guys. His brothers sell him into slavery. He goes to be a a slave at Potiphar's house. His wife gets him in trouble, um, sends him to jail. He's in jail for a while. And then he becomes second in command in Egypt and helps rescue them from the famine and all that. But what's interesting is that the Bible states his ages when that happens which is really peculiar to me because you never really see ages that much and um, it said at age 17 he got thrown in the pit it wasn't until age 30 that he became second in command in egypt so that process took 13 years so just because life isn't going good god is using that time to help you grow or to help you get out of something to write your way to jesus because most times i'm like jesus what am i doing wrong and jesus isn't the one that moved I'm the one that looked away, right. I'm the one, I'm the one that got distracted by things like fear and doubt and anger and why aren't things going my way. And we often forget that I know we have that's coronavirus and black lives matter and the Jacob Blake shooting, which I just had an episode about because that happened 40 miles from where I live. Mm. So it's very unique how it's come now to my front porch almost. But um, in this world, we find so many ways to prove other people wrong and prove us right. When Jesus said, I didn't come to save you from a land, I didn't come to save this. I came to save you from yourself so that you can accept me as your Lord and Savior to, get, to go into heaven with me. And I'm like, okay, okay, that's interesting. So when I try to look at these um, issues that come up, I'm not I'm not trying to look for ways to be right, ways to be wrong. I'm looking for ways of how I can love on others to show empathy towards others, say, I understand you, but I have this thing called Jesus that can help you overcome anything in your life. And it's gonna be hard, it's gonna be ups, there's gonna be downs, it's gonna be the roller coaster of life. Yeah. And I I consider being a Christian like a journey. It's not just a straight path. You're gonna have ups, you're gonna have downs, and that roller coaster way of life. But the main constant is Jesus. And as long as we keep our eyes on him each and every day, there's going to be nothing but great things that God has for us.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the giant misnomers in America, at least in America, uh, not to speak for for, um, the mentality of other countries. But we look at salvation— as this one time, I've made this exchange, I've said a thing, I've gotten a thing, I've got my insurance, I'm good to go, I am now safe for good. When that is only the start of the story. It's a beautiful thing, do not get me wrong. Before actually having my conversion moment, I did, I was an expert. I was fluent in Christianese. I knew (laughs) the lyrics to the songs. I knew when to raise my hand. I built my altar of, of, on praying to success and fame Mm. and all of that. I being in sales and entrepreneurialism and all of that kind of stuff. That was, that was my God. And then half my face no longer worked and I got incredibly sick. And wow. so all of it, I, all of it just, you know, fell at the drop of a dime. And so long story short, um, I was lost and had a conversion moment. And that was, I had, I had asked God to meet me where I was. And that was the first time that I ever met Jesus was that day. And
3: it's a great feeling,
2: it is, it really is. And that moment is beautiful, but it's just the start of the story. And we talk a lot about on the show about how we can go from the us being the main character of our story, uh, to us uh, ch- taking that, taking us out of it and putting God as the protagonist of our story. And how that shifts the story about how we become, we become the loved, we become the saved in in that story. And when God becomes the main character, it shifts your perspective, or at least it should, on the way that you interact with the world around you. You know, with everything going on, yes, even before Coronavirus. I know it's hard to think of a world without coronavirus, but before this, before Black Lives Matter, before the shootings and everything, yes, the church should have still been doing its thing. But they are literally playing our song right now. Like, there is a giant neon flashing sign that says, okay, church, step up, do your thing. The world is in chaos right now. And the fact that there's been so much disunity, like this whole situation has shined a gigantic spotlight on some of the the lack of, the lack of intimacy and the lack of relationship that's been involved in the church.
3: Yeah. Oh, I agree with that. Um, I mean, just, it's just amazing with all the movements Uh, going on. For instance, my church, it's Brew City Church in Milwaukee. Um, What's crazy is that they had this thing on August 23rd, that was the we race ahead. So it was having all these churches together to unify each other to kind of, it was the white church apologizing to the black church and the black church asking and accepting that forgiveness and then having that unity to grow in faith. It was such a beautiful thing, It was God was working, and what was crazy was hours later, the shooting of Jacob Blake happened an hour away, hmm. same day. So now, what's frustrating is that all this good was happening, Satan's trying to show up and say, no, remember me? We got to have uneasiness, we got to have unrest. You can't rely on God, you can't rely on that inti- intimacy, you can only rely on yourself. And what's cool is that this movement is now having like a four week sermon series with a lot of churches just with what's going on and to talk about all these issues. But um, to do it from God's perspective, to do it from the perspective of, hey, yeah, we're messed up people, we're messed up humans. But if we give it to God, he can make us new. He can make us new creatures in Christ. And I think we forget that sometimes that this Christianity thing is a renewal process. It's not just you go, you're done you go once a week, you're good to go, but it's actually going to God every day. Okay, God, I messed up. I'm so thankful that you sent your son to die on the cross. And I really need you, God. I really need you to make an impact on my life. I want to make an impact. Help me be the change that you want me to be. And when I've done that, God has worked and it's just absolutely amazing.
2: Yeah. You had mentioned uh, church. It's been an interesting dynamic because, um, Prior to, it was actually the Sunday before the our state lockdown um, that our church closed for good. But yeah, so we had had a small, essentially they're a small group. We call them kingdom Kingdom outposts, um, but essentially small groups. It was six of us and we had had the, um, the opportunities start meeting before the virus and all that kind of stuff and so church shuts down and so we're like okay what what do we do now and there was the six of us and so we decided to double down on this group and start meeting over zoom and all of that still be able to have some version of a collection of the saints and so this situation kind of forged a bond between the six of us that honestly, probably wouldn't have happened otherwise. You know, we just, we're six very unique individuals. And so um, as time has gone on, we've hit this point of now, now we're starting to identify ourselves. We're starting to actually formulate um, a, a church body and going through the process and all of that kind of stuff. And it's been a very... Interesting experience because I've been blessed to be to be in a situation where, prior to coronavirus, I just uh, there God was really keying in with me the idea that something is coming. This is tra- This is this is your your time of training. Now you are soon going to be asked to um, to step up, and I'm like okay. Then you know I just went went along for the ride, and then. Within weeks, the church shut down and the, um, the podcast started um, actually catching fire. And like we started, it was a slow going process. I did, the, I, I did my first interview. We found a section of, of audience there. And then from there, it's just kind of been a compounding effect from there. But it's so humbling when you're being, when you have the opportunity to be used. You know what I mean?
3: Yes. Totally know what you mean. Um, It's funny because when I was younger, I was confused at first with denominations and stuff because I grew up in an Assembly of God church where it was about running down the aisles, raising your hands and um, speaking in the tongues and all that. And then I was also going to a Baptist school. Oh boy. talk about two ends of the perspective the aog church use niv new international version and the baptist school i had to learn verses in king james version so i said thou shalt not do this and thou shalt not do that and it was silly to me because that's not how we talk but i bring that <laughs> up i bring that up because when i was 18 a senior at the high school in the baptist school um, we went on a choir trip and we watched the movie facing the giants by, the, by that church in Georgia. Very good movie. Yeah. And we watched it on the bus ride to one of our choir concerts. What happened next was insane. Like all the girls had this talk and then they cheered all the guys when they came on the bus. I'm like, what in the world is going on? This is insane. And then the concert that night, the choir director out of nowhere said, this Jesus thing is real to us and I'm going to let the people behind us the choir talk about what Jesus means to them. And all of a sudden he sat down and it was silent for about two minutes because (laughs) this was just out of nowhere. We're sitting up there like shuffling our feet, like what's going on? What do we do? And then I heard this guy behind me just start crying. (laughs) And he said, I'm a Christian, but I am messed up. I'm not living for God. Like I should. And I want to rededicate my life to Christ. And all of a sudden someone else said it. Someone else said it. Someone else said it. All of a sudden, we're just all balling up there in the middle of a concert. The, the crowd, does, I don't know what they're doing. They're like, oh, this is, this is unique. And I remember afterwards, this guy gave me a hug. And he was my friend that I always sat next to. And he said, thank you so much, Dan. And I'm like, for what? I didn't do anything. And he told me, you were the reason why I came to school every day. Because you were the only positive thing in my life. And then the girl came up to me. And I was like, you're the only reason why I came to school. Because you gave me high fives and was encouraging me and praying for me. And I'm like, whoa. This is insane. The Baptist place that was all you know, singing the hymns and no clapping during the service was having the revival. And my AOG church was kind of just stuck behind this emotional um, well-being where if you're not emotionally into it, there's no way you could be a Christian. But that's not the case. What I learned from that is God looks at the heart. It doesn't matter what you look at from the outside. It doesn't matter what you do, how you feel. If your heart's not in it, if it's not a heart change, it's truly not love of Christ. And so anytime I've dealt with a situation, I always see, is it biblically based? Is this something that backs the Bible? And is this something truly coming from someone's heart or something that God laid in their heart that can truly change others' lives? So just having that perspective of the different denominations and all that has just really helped me in my later years here in life. That's really
2: cool. It, it's very easy to tell the negatively skewed stories. It is 100% correct because what, what what you said, it hits the nail directly on the head. Because at the same token, I was helping uh, do worship for an AOG church out here. And that was the first time, that was the first time I ever heard somebody Speaking in tongues. And if you couldn't hear the air quotes, they were 100% there. Because that was just ridiculous chanting and nothing having to do with the actual Bible. Pretty much, say. yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's funny you mention uh, the King James Version. We have a running joke on the show that we like to take our uh, scripture without Shakespeare. Just uh, our own, our own <laughs> reference. When it comes to an actual heart matter, that is, you can have all of the head knowledge that you want. You can say all of the right things, um, but, but if, it, it, if it is just cold, if it's just coming out of knowledge, uh, then, then, it's, then it's missing the, the whole intention of the kind of relationship that we are actually called into as Christians. We are believers that take it back to scripture. It's one of the biggest things that drew me to your show is you were actually teaching out of the Bible. You were actually speaking out of, okay, well, what does Jesus have to say about it? He is the authority. What what does he have to say about it? And the thing about a lot of these um, modes of thought and a lot of these... Um, different teachings and the million different voices that are out there in the podcast world, in the multimedia world, is that they will say something that that jives over here, but it cannot be put up to the task of being compared to the whole of Scripture. Because if, if it can, if it contradicts anywhere, then immediately you have to throw it out, because Scripture does not contradict itself
3: amen to that it doesn't we're the ones that contradict scripture and take it out of context and screw it up for ourselves and what i again what i try to do with my podcast is i take the scripture and i always try to find a real world example with it or a modern world example because i'm trying to find ways to say that the bible is still a real thing and it's still going on in our lives right now we don't we don't think it does but it definitely does and just going through my episodes it's just shown me that we can't judge other other people by their journeys we all have our own path and for example i did an episode on thomas and when the first word that you think of thomas is doubt doubting thomas and everything like that but i never realized this until i delved into it when jesus was about to heal lazarus um in john 10 john 11 he the disciples didn't want him to go there because apparently the Pharisees wanted him out. And if he ever came back, he they'd kill him. So he's like, no, I have to do this. And then it was Thomas that said, let's go with them, my brothers and die with him. I was like, yeah. wait, what? <laughs> the doubting guy, this is the guy that had all the faith in Jesus at that point. So, so I know, so it's so easy to label people if they do one bad thing to us that, Oh, they're that they're that, but really, we all have weaknesses. We all have things we're struggling with. What I try to focus on is that healing power of Jesus and how that can change anyone's life and turn it around. And it's for everyone. It's not just for me, not just for you. It's literally for anyone out there. And that's the great thing just about this Jesus thing is that it's still relevant in the past today and in the future.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's something that we've said multiple times on the show is that you know people think that you know, it was only relevant to that time. You know, yeah. But God, you don't know what life is like now. You don't know my life. You don't know what what things are like for me. So no, it can't. It that's that's just old timey stuff. That's a good way of. That's a good guideline for how to live. But, you know, you don't know my story. And when you read some of these, we did an episode a little while back on the parables. And you read the way that, that Jesus um, compares you know the actual ki- kingdom living versus the world's living. you got to realize that like th- some of these descriptions that he's using for the unbelieving that you could 100- you could take that out and put it on 2020. And there will is a- absolutely a subsection of people that are going to, um, that you can identify that with. It's it's so incredibly evident that everything that Jesus taught that rang true then has its own version today.
3: So, so true with that. Um, what I find interesting just about the Bible or just about current times right now is that some churches have turned the Trinity into almost a square where it's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and your American freedom, because that's a God-given thing. America, America, and if we get that taken away, and just a question I ask people, if your American freedom was taken away, would you still be a Christian? And I find it interesting that when Jesus came on earth, when the, he was the Messiah, and people thought when the Messiah came, they would rescue, he would rescue them from the Roman Empire. But yet, he came right in the middle of when Israel was in bondage by the Roman Empire, and yet Jesus still, still did all these amazing things knowing that he would eventually die from it because he knew that getting out of human bondage was only temporary. Yeah. He was focused on that battle for eternity, heaven and hell, something that lasts for eternity. And as a human, it's really hard to look past that sometimes because we are so focused on the here and now and how we can have impact and things like that. But I'm trying to make decisions that not only impact my now, but can impact someone else's eternity. And that's such a burden sometimes, but it's something that I think God blesses us all with when we focus on that. And it's, like I said, it's laughable with how some people are so afraid of the mask mandate and everything going on. Some people think it's the coming of the Antichrist, Mark of the Beast, things like that. I've seen a bunch of videos on that, which have been very interesting, but It's just amazing because I think in 2 Timothy 1, 7, it says, God God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of self-control. And right now, some people with self-control, we are just blowing our ends up trying to figure all this out when God's probably telling us, hey, take a step back, find ways to love on others, and agape love, that unconditional love to people that don't even deserve it, to give to them because that's how Jesus lived his life on earth
2: yeah that is that is a beautiful thing when you know you realize that um paul paul had had said um that our our war is not with uh, with flesh and blood but with forces of evil and you see the state of the world today i don't know if it's because in 2020 social media has made it Right in everybody's face. I don't know if this is something that, and maybe Edgar, you can speak to this being of the older generation. Um, but there's these echo chambers that we have with Facebook and with social media and things like that, where you know you throw your two cents out into the out into the ether, and it's set up so that you know. If you don't think uh, think like I think, then you must be a heathen. And Christians, non-Christians alike have realized that people engage more with controversial stuff. People engage more with things that have that kind of um, extremist black and white sort of mentality to it when... The God's honest truth is that Jesus did not put parameters on any of it. didn't say, as long as it's not the annoying person from traffic, as long as it's not that Republican, as long as it's not that Democrat, as long as it's not that person wearing a mask. No, no, no parameters. And so, you know, a wise man once, once told me that God is simple. Our relationship with God is, is the simple part. It's humans that overcomplicate it yeah. and just throw more stuff onto it because it's so much easier for so many people to live out of a rule book. And the alternative is allowing the cross, allowing Holy Spirit to really invade your life and turn it upside down. let me tell you, for me, I was... I was an angry cat before I was, a, I, I hated everything and everybody and I was all about chasing the next high. You know what I mean? It wasn't even, it didn't even have to do with a, with a particular group or, or anything like that. It just, my, my hate was, was universal. And so for me, guys like Peter who didn't come along quietly so to speak you know he he denied Jesus three times and still became one of the Titans of the early church Paul literally grabbing people out of their homes and killing them for professing the name of Jesus became one of the go-to guys that are constantly quoted and constantly looked up to within the church so you mean to tell me that these guys that are that that were not perfect, the examples of who were not perfect, can be used by God? Yeah, though, that, that kind of conversion, those kinds of moments, they can only happen at the hands of Jesus.
3: So true with that. And I love that you brought up those examples of people that were doing these things and God totally turned their life around. And I love that the Bible also shows us that you can be given everything, but you can still reject it. For example, Judas was one of the twelve disciples, ended up betraying Jesus, hanging himself. And we're like, why would he do? Why would he do that? And as a human, it's so easy to fall into that trap if you take the focus off of Jesus. Even if he's right there, you can completely mess up your life. But yet, God w- God would have been there to forgive him if Judas went to him. But we get so enveloped in our own self doubt and our own dogma per se, or our own views, that we can be our own worst enemy at, at most times in our life.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's so easy to think of of God as the angry parent when we when we mess up, right? You expecting God to be there, clinch fists, all mad and everything when he's he's there welcoming us back with open arms look to the prodigal son you know that that is how god views us it's not forced relationship it can't be and so we have to choose to engage in that relationship in order for it to actually work it can't be one-sided and it can't be forced as as much as it seems like it's so much easier sometimes if we were to just be robots and kind of had that free will taken away from us, the opportunity to make the wrong decision, sort of, sort of thing. Right. What is our identity as Christians? One of the biggest things that I try to convey on here is that, you know, there is a subsection of us that are Christians that did not grow up in the church. We've made a plethora of, of, of mistakes And we've had a whole life before Jesus. And that has a way of developing an identity. Mm -hmm. An identity that the world has built, circumstances, life, instances, events. For cradle Christians or for new believers, it is very important to sometimes take a step back and, and really look at, okay, so what is our identity in Christ? I absolutely loved your episode that you did on identity and what that actually
3: means oh it's been a topic that i've been passionate about for a while because with identity the first thing that comes to our mind is our job or what we're doing They said hey my name's dan i'm a physical therapist assistant i help people out that's what i do But in the long run, my identity should be in Christ. The fact that I'm a Christian and everything else should fall below that. Christ is my foundation and everything is built from that. And I love the fact that I took a discipleship class last year called The Journey. In that class, it looked at identity and split it up into three different things. Um, One was your immediate calling. Um, That would be Jesus is your Lord and Savior, and he is the main focus of each and every day of your life, how you're going to live that way for him. So that's immediate Specific was how, what, like, how do you integrate that in your job? Like, how can you show Christ's love in someone being a male person or being a cook or being a physical therapist? And there are ways to do it. It's, actually, it's absolutely insane. But God has us where we're at for a reason, yeah. which is fantastic. And then the last one, which always gets me, is just – I can't remember the specific thing. It's on my podcast, but um, it had to do with calling of certain like, things every day like doing the dishes or making the bed or getting an oil change because yeah, those are normal things and those aren't like kingdom minded things, but how our attitude is towards them is. For example, if someone is, I see someone who calls themselves a Christian and they're at the supermarket arguing with someone over not being enough produce. He's not being a Christian example at that moment. Christ can work in the small things as well as the big things. So it's just a challenge to myself and everything that I interact with. I'm going to bring back a 90s moniker, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Which, <laughs> which sometimes is really overwhelming sometimes, but at the same time, it's something that Jesus lived with as well. And I already have that intimacy. It's kind of like, okay, God, how do you want me to deal with this? How do you want me to deal with that? And it truly is doing unto others like you would want them to do unto you. And it's just a daily struggle for myself, but also a daily inspiration to help me become a better Christian for God.
2: Yeah, there is a component of this where this life um, that is so counterintuitive because it's a daily it's a daily dying to yourself. You know, one of the things that drives me nuts right now is on social media. I'm seeing things like you know, you are inherently more sinful because you believe this, because you are this this profession and that kind of thing. You can't expect non-Christians to play by this playbook. But when you see Christians that are acting as if other people are inherently more sinful just because they have a particular occupation, a particular political leaning, you know, pinning people in a wide in a wide brush like that is is not it it, people are too unique for that to happen right edgar and i we actually met in a um spiritual formation academy and okay we would go on um retreats the number one rule when you go on these retreats is you are not allowed to ask what you, what the other person does for a living. At the end of the weekend, it kind of became a little bit of a game of, like, based upon how the person, like, acts or dresses or that kind of thing. Like, okay, I'm going to guess what you do for a living and that kind of thing. Like, but, but not actually serious. You know right. what I mean? But you realize, you don't realize until you're in that environment, if you pluck that out, well that takes a lot of the identifying factors out that takes a lot of natural conversation out i mean edgar and i are struck up a conversation about um italian food when you take that shift of identity you know it it can have so many profound uh, profound effects but so many rippling effects as well you know you take out okay i am not this in front of god i'm not a, a a chef i'm not a you know, a physical therapist assistant, I'm not an IT guy, you know, a business owner, whatever, in front of God, I am just a child of God. Well, that's an entirely different mode of thinking on so many different levels. That changes the game.
3: It surely does and I love what you guys did there because I bet it was awkward at first but once you got over that awkwardness you got you shared that connection and I love me some Italian food too man I can't pass <laughs> up lasagna or risotto those are some excellent dishes Yeah yeah
2: Um yeah it's it is it, there's there's this inherent awkwardness because you know it's kind of like it's easy to watch uh, movies from yesteryear where people didn't have uh, cell phones in their pocket. So you see see people sitting there just waiting, but not like in their phone. Like, man, what did people do before we before uh, everybody had computers in their pockets, sort of thing? And it's that same kind of thing where like you don't know the person, so you want to go, oh, hey, what do you do for a living? You know what I mean? It's a natural conversation starter but it automatically puts into the conversation that okay this is what i am identifying as you know what i mean when when above all else i am beloved i am child of god i am saved and loved and all of that you know
3: oh i i totally agree um And it's funny you bring up with identity being in a job because, again, with a job, that is finite. That is something that will end at some point where our faith in God and Christianity is something that is infinite. It's something that will last forever. I think there was a verse in Ecclesiastes. I can't remember which one it is, which is going to drive me crazy. But basically, it's about the verse that um, goes along the lines of that the place that you're in right now, you're just holding on to it until the next person shows up. Yeah. Now, that could be five years. That could be 10 years. That could be a month. That could be 40 years or whatever. But Christ is the thing that said is eternity. So if we can put our focus on that and our relationships on that, not only will become more fruitful, but that community and that unity and that intimacy will only grow stronger.
1: Yeah, when you were speaking about holding on to things from Ecclesiastes until somebody else comes along, we have houses. Those will be owned by somebody else at some point. That's no weird to think out. about. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, we are... There's a reason why we focus so primarily on, on the eternal... Because there is no, there is no, you um, haul behind the hearse. There is no eternity here on this, at this stage of things. And so, squabbling over current events, or you know, having your focus, your main focus, be on the here and now, it really cuts out uh, the most important aspect of what is reality. You know. Right.
3: All right. So as we wrap
2: up, um, let people know where they can find you.
3: Oh, sure. Um, I have a website. It's www.finishlastpodcast.com. And what I love doing on there is that anyone that's a guest on my show, I have a guest link with a bio as well as a picture of them and their podcast, whatever they do so i'm trying to create all these networks in there and i want to create an appearance one as well because i think this is the fourth or fifth show i've been a part of and i also want to put you guys under that to say hey there's these really two cool guys you should listen to check them out so it's just i don't want just the podcast for myself or the website for myself but um just ways to help share in the community that we are such a part of it's a beautiful thing and then on the website there's a listen page i'm in all the main ones i'm in Apple and Spotify, as well as iHeartRadio. Um, I got an email recently about Amazon and getting being part of that community, which is really weird. And then Pandora. I never would have guessed Pandora would have jumped in the podcast world. But like you said, when Joe Rogan got $100 million, I guess everyone wanted in on what's going on in the podcast world. So pretty much any platform you listen to, I'm on it. And it'd be just a wonderful part of you to be part of my journey. If And if you ever need prayer, you can always reach out to these two great guys. But if you ever want to send me an email at finishlastpodcast at gmail.com, I'd be happy to talk with you and just encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Or if you're just curious about this Jesus thing as well. So it was a blast. And
2: as always, guys, um, know two things as we close out here that you are prayed for and that you are loved deeply. And we will catch you next time.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Buddy Walk with Jesus. For more information, check us out at buddywalkwithjesus.com. Look for us on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. You can also find us on Discord at the Buddy Walk community for prayer and fellowship. And lastly, if you check out the episode description, we have a listener support link and we would love your support for this ministry. As always, know that you are prayed for and know that you are loved.